What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. My mind's playing tricks on me. Why won't it let me be? Look inside and try to find, but nothing seems to give me sweet relief. Why won't it let me be? Look inside and try to find, but every time it seems I lose my Self-Helpless with Kelsey Cook, Delaney Fisher, and Taylor Tomlinson. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Self-Helpless. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And oh my gosh, uh, we are so excited about this episode. We've been waiting a long time for this lovely guest. Uh, She's a death doula, attorney, adjunct professor, ordained minister, and the founder and CEO of a company called Going With Grace, which is an end-of-life support company. Please welcome to the show, Elua Arthur, everybody. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. I, okay. First of all, do you have a a favorite quote or a least favorite quote to kick off the show? I have a favorite quote, but I think it's really cliche. Okay. Well, it's okay. You're so basic. (laughs) It is response every call that excites your spirit. Oh, that's a great one. Not basic. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of quotes. Scoot a little bit closer to the mic if you don't mind. Perfect. There you go. Um, You can also like push it a little closer to you. There. (laughs) Can Um, you say that quote one more time? Sure. Response every call that excites your spirit by Rumi. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. That's just putting everything so simply. Just do what you love, people. Yeah. Right? Can't lose oh, that way. Cannot. You cannot go wrong. I yeah. love that. Oh, I really love that, too. Great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we have so many questions for you. Uh, so why don't you just kick off and tell us, like, how did you get into this industry? I was responding to the calls that excite my spirit. Oh. Okay. So what was that? All right. Yeah. Bringing it back already. What was the first call that excited your spirit about I guess death. Well, I went to Cuba. That was the first call. Okay. And when was this? Yeah, uh, about six years ago. Okay. I got really curious about Cuba one day and so bought a ticket. I was on a leave of absence from work, which was okay. my legal job. I was working at legal aid. And so I took off, went to Cuba, had 
partially a terrible time because oh, I was okay. terribly depressed during that time mm. and was really trying to like go out there and prove something to myself. Like I can do this. I can be on this trip by myself. I'll be fine. Everybody was worried, but I made it. Yeah. Uh, and then I met a woman on a bus who had uterine cancer. And she was 36 and was traveling on a trip to see the top six places in the world she wanted to see before she died. And Cuba was one of them. Wow. wow. And we started talking about life. And then I started asking her about her death because I was like, is this going to kill you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the first real conversation she'd had about her, her mortality. And it was really the first real conversation I had had about mortality. And I was like, why are we not talking about this? You know, looking around the bus, everybody you sitting here is going to die. Yeah. Everybody outside is going to die. Yeah. Like, why aren't why are we acting like this thing isn't happening and isn't going to happen? Yeah. 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 So that was it. I. Wow. Wow. Cuba. So that one conversation, what was the next step for you? Because you said you were working at a legal job. Did yeah. you go home and quit your job? What, did you ease into it? How did that all work? I was already on a leave of absence okay. from my job, so I just never went back. Okay. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's a way to do it. Right? <laughs> Peace out. No yeah. plan. No plan. I'm out. Whoa. So um, did you did you have any experience with like end of life support? Did you start studying? Did you like what it what was that first like, I guess, death job yeah. that you had? The first one was immersing myself in the field as much as possible. Okay. Because in talking to her about her illness, she had a therapist who was working with her, but he was working with her about living with disease. He wasn't working with her about dying. Okay. And I thought, well, shouldn't the therapists that are part of oncology programs also be talking about death, right? Yeah. And so let's make that thing happen if there isn't already. So I found a school. I applied to be a therapist. I got into a bunch of them, but it wasn't like a strong yes. It wasn't exciting my spirit. Yeah. And so I said no Mm. and started reading. I read everything I could get my hands on uh, for probably about uh, six months, seven months or so. Read everything and just waited. It also helped that I'd met a guy and we'd started traveling the world together. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in Paris and Italy reading death books. (laughs) I went to work. So hard. So hard. Uh, So I had plenty of time just to delve into death. And I did it as fully as possible. And then somewhere along the line, my brother-in-law got sick, my older sister's husband. He had Burkitt's lymphoma. And between diagnosis and death was only six months. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So the let's see, after about four months, we learned that there wasn't going to be anything else that they could do to treat him. And I packed up all my bags and I went to New York where they were. And I spent the next two months with them basically delaying him without knowing it right like wow. I was supporting my sister so she could be at the hospital I was with my niece a lot picking her up from school I was figuring out medication and doing research what do we do about urns what do we do about his will like what do we do about his stuff you know I was doing all that yeah that stuff that I'm doing now yeah can um, I ask real quickly can yeah. you define what a doula is because I know that like my cousin is one for birth and I didn't realize that there was also like a death doula too but can you describe what that means it's all the non-medical care and support of the dying person and the family through the process oh. okay um. yeah and for a lot of us it's also afterward like I help people when they are healthy and they've started to think about the fact that one day they're going to die I help them put together a very comprehensive end-of-life plan mm. so here's how to handle all of my affairs when that time comes okay. and then when people know what it is that they're going to be dying of like there's a disease and they probably can't treat it anymore I help them kind of craft the dying experience that would be most peaceful for them mm-hmm. granted it's all a crapshoot like we don't know but in talking about it there's a lot of value to be gained and then after a death I help family members wrap up the affairs 
Oh wow! So it's oh my gosh. all all things death. Wow. <laughs> all the time. Do pe- do people ever bring you in just just for after death part? Are you kind yeah. of usually okay? So it's kind of you can either be there from kind of start to finish as they're dying, or sometimes it's just handling like the after yeah. care. Oh my gosh! I know. That, I was thinking like sort of like hospice, but hospice doesn't do the after part. I mean, they have programs. That's the medical for stuff though, right? Therapy, yeah, I think. The... But yeah, it feels it's more like clinical. Yeah. Then this sounds more personal. So hospice does have, they have a social worker and like a chaplain and bereavement counselors. They have folks that can do all this stuff. But realistically, you know, they provide service, right? They can't be available 24 hours a day. And I Mm. can be. I can be there if somebody needs me to. Like, I get calls in the middle of the night asking whether or not they can touch their loved one who's dying. And I'm like, yes, please touch them. Please touch them. Wow. I know, right? So I I have so many many questions. questions. (laughs) I mean, so I I watched some of your videos and I could not believe how you're just so approachable and like I, I know I didn't know death could be like oh this is like kind of sexy I don't know like, uh, like, you just, you know, like, like you just make it so like approachable and okay to talk about yeah. and I haven't really been around somebody who has that ability um getting into getting into this industry are you are you afraid of death has it eased any anxiety about death or has it like brought it to the forefront front completely where it's you know most of what you think about the fun thing about fear is if you're looking at it constantly it starts to erode yeah right Mm. and so i of course i have my own discomfort i have my own concerns around my death i still do i i i try often to think about the things that i would regret if i died today Mm. and use that as kind of like a guidepost for making my decisions wow you know but i still have many concerns about my death i'm not I'm not quite afraid. I'm I'm embracing of it. Yeah. Yet I'm still like, oh God, please not before I see this. Yeah. Right. right. Well, we've all talked about on this podcast before that we're all super scared of death. I think like and yeah. it stresses us out to think about it. And even just sitting here for the last ten minutes with you, just talking about it so matter of factly, and just like, yeah, we're all gonna die. I'm like, I already kind of feel better about this. Yeah. Weirdly enough, yeah. Like, like we're just yeah. we're just like talking about it, and usually you're just like, oh, it's really scary, and everyone's like, yeah, let's just not. Let's just not. Let's just go right. to Dairy Queen. Yeah. <laughs> we just go. Yeah, we just enjoy. Yeah. yeah, you really have an incredible ability to just kind of put people at ease, like especially with such you know terrifying topic. Yeah, and just like well, yeah, yeah. I think like a lot of where my fear lies is what happens afterward, and mm-hmm. that like we don't know, and just that not knowing of like is it just darkness forever and like all we really have are these moments or is there reincarnation like that's where I start to really freak out and panic as if I focus too much on like the after of it all do you have like do you have your own theories do you have things that you say to like comfort people in that I do have my own theories, but I try not to share them too much. Right, I know yeah. that's like a personal thing. And, <laughs> right. yeah. Well, not because of that. Like, I, I talk about all my personal business all the time. Okay. But rather <laughs> that it, it just doesn't create space for other people to have their beliefs, you know? Because yeah. if they differ than mine, then you're like, well, I can't talk to her about going to meet Allah if she thinks so. I got you. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, makes sense for your business. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. And yeah. also <laughs> just, like, I want to be in the space where people can share freely what yeah. they believe. Absolutely. Uh, most of the time, when people are thinking about fear of death and fear of the or concerns about the afterlife it's because your belief system isn't yet nailed down right yeah the challenge is that well that's probably why yeah Yeah. the fear exists (laughs) yeah you know but the thing is that 
we just don't know. That's a big mm-hmm. fat question mark right? Uh, for everybody. Like even those of us that have a strong belief system, we don't know. Nobody's ever been all the way there to come all the way back to tell us what happened exactly. until it's Except tested. for that kid who wrote that book. <laughs> right? Yeah. The right. Mommy, I Saw Heaven or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's some book about that. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> well, people, yeah, there are those know. stories of people who have like the near death or who like yeah. go into coma or whatever and then come out. But yeah, I guess that's another scientist say, no, that's just the brain dying. That's your dream. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. And it's a near no, death no. experience. Right. It's, it's not... not death, death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go, you don't come back. That's yeah. kind of what happens with the death. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so often when people have a fear about the afterlife or concern about the afterlife, it's a lot, most of the time it's related to your fears of the unknown yeah. or where you are uncomfortable with things that you can't know. Mm. Yeah. Big control freak. Yeah. <laughs> don't like not knowing and don't yeah. like not having an ability to change um, any amount of that information. Like I can't do any research to find out what happens when you die. Cause we just, you, you keep yeah. hitting a wall. Like yeah. you, you can't know. Yeah. Right. That's not just the sound of that first sip of morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy. Like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning, right? Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Were so. you were you born with strong beliefs or did you find them later on? Because I'm still like trying to figure out exactly what I believe. I have a pretty clear you know, idea for me, but is that something that you kind of did your own research or just like eh, a feeling? Yeah, you feel know? it out. Yeah, I'm feeling feel it, it out. out. I was born into a super Christian family. Okay. My parents are both evangelical ministers. Like I have oh, wow. two Ooh. preachers for parents. Y'all. Wow. Whoa. Bless them. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Bless everybody. Bless everybody. But in growing up, I mean, I veered away really early and have been pretty far away and it's caused some contention. But, you know, I believe yeah. what I believe and I do what I do. And really, when we're talking about death, ideas about religion come into really sharp focus. Totally. And so my parents have had to back up and kind of let me do my thing because yeah. my thing is different than their thing. That's yeah. a really good way to put it, come into really sharp focus. That's like sharp. such a beautiful, like exactly what happens. Yeah. 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 Do you find people who have very um, like strict, fixed religious beliefs are more accepting of death or is it kind of across the board sort of you know you can't really know how someone's going to react yeah mm-hmm. the latter it's kind of a crapshoot yeah because sometimes people that are even really religious start to question oh yeah and then oh. they start to get into like a, a gray zone you know yeah. like well maybe there's something there but maybe there isn't or mm-hmm. what if my beliefs are wrong that's one fear that I hear all the time what if this thing that I've been going to church every Sunday for the past 45 years so if I get there and there's nothing then what yeah. I'm like yeah that's a big one Gosh. right yeah. and imagine being at that moment for somebody and yeah. you're there yeah. and you're there to like 
talk them through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what what do you say to them when they're questioning everything? That it's totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what most of us want to hear a lot of the time anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. this is totally normal. And yeah, that makes sense that you'd be uncomfortable or scared or curious. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. we don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now you're at the place where you're going to find out much sooner than I am. So yeah. Yeah. if you find out, if you could send me some clues, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. 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 Email them. Yeah. Um, I, but do you feel like it's beneficial to decide how you feel about what happens afterward? Before no, not really. Not necessarily. Yeah. I think it's important to stay in the question across yeah. the board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just accept that, that you are never going to know that we won't know. Yeah. That's how our relationship with control and our relationship with the unknown becomes a more lax one. As if it's just like, well, I don't know, and how can I relate to the things that I just don't know? Yeah. I mean, because it's helpful for life, also. You know, yeah. for living. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the things I love about thinking about death consistently is that it informs the way that we live all the time mm. if we choose it. Yeah. Yes. If we choose it. Oh, yeah. yeah. One thing you said on your video that really struck me was that you're, um, because you're passionate about life, that's why you're in death or something. Something, I don't know, I could be messing up your words a little bit, yeah. but you work in death because you're passionate about life. Yep. Can you expand on what that means for you? So death puts everything else into context, again, into really sharp focus. Because when Mm -hmm. we're talking about dying, we're talking about not living anymore, which means that I want to do my best to suck all the juice out of this experience that I have right now. Because at some point, it will be no more. Like, I'm not going to be able to be in a body to smell things, to taste things, to look somebody in the eye. I want to be able to do that as much as possible while I'm here. And that, that it, working in death really it strengthens my relationship with living. It makes me appreciate this like super silly, weird ride we're all on together that much more. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's so fragile. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. When That's she a- talks to that, it just makes me want to go like sit on the beach and watch the sunset. <laughs> And like eat croissants. More of this. Like, I'm just gonna do everything. But that's such an interesting way to put it that it's actually beneficial to think about death. Absolutely. It's beneficial because it's a constant reminder that you really have to live in the moment. And most people just wanna push it away and Mm -hmm. just like, you know, whether it's eat their feelings or drink their feelings or whatever they're doing to avoid feeling that, you know, that fear. I think it's such an interesting perspective. No, like you you do. It's okay to think about it and you should. Absolutely. Oh man. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this uh, doctor named B.J. Miller has a quote, life is precious because it ends. Mm, yeah. That's, so that's a great Right? Quote. It just kind of yeah. encapsulates it all. Right. Yeah. yeah. If it went on forever, nothing would really mean anything. No. And you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't get to work on anything that you wanted to accomplish because yeah. like, yeah, I got a couple centuries. I'll do it in, a, yeah. in 300 years, right? Yeah. Imagine like your 467th birthday. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. yeah. Lee, how much longer are we going to do that? Uh, It's like hard to stay driven for me sometimes when I think too much about death, I think, because Mm. I go like, well, then I should just be in the moment every day. I should just, again, like be at the beach every day. I should just be hugging my family all the time, you know? So I feel like you almost have to find a a healthy middle ground of like appreciating everything, but also planning for the future that you hope to have while still being like, okay, I'm going to enjoy every step of the process because... 
it yeah. could be lights out at any second. Yeah. Well, we've talked about on the podcast that one of uh, one of our other guests' least favorite quotes was um, "Live every day like it's your last." Yeah. <laughs> because obviously, if you really truly did do that, you would not have a functional life. Exactly. Um, yeah. Be high on crack, you know, yeah. jumping out of a plane, <laughs> yeah. and it's just not practical. So um, yeah, I do think finding that middle ground, like having that awareness that it is finite this mm. life, but sure. to uh, really appreciate each day. Do you mm. think people yeah. should be like limited in how much they're thinking about death every day like what's a healthy amount a good 30 minutes after lunch and then call it a night <laughs> like what do you is there i mean or should it kind of always be in the forefront you think i think if we walk around with it like a backpack yeah or like a good friend it's useful yeah because yeah. it does bring things into focus but on the opposite end of the spectrum rather than just want to sit on the beach and drink my ties i also want to produce things i also want to give yeah. i want to be in service i want to yeah you know do the fun things for myself yeah. but my fun thing is my work right so that helps yeah that it makes me want to produce it makes me want to get out there it doesn't just make me want to sit and like stare at yeah my niece or bunny uh, yeah <laughs> maybe you, for a good 10 minutes yeah, yeah. and then i'm over it. and then i'm over do it. you ever get depressed being around death i have friends who are they work in like nursing and stuff and they have to be around um terminally ill people and they watch people pass away often and for them it's a very depressing job and it is very bleak but you mm -hmm. seem to kind of like have almost like a higher tolerance for it and it doesn't seem i mean unless it does that's why I'm, i guess i'm asking you how do you feel around it i get sad sometimes yeah yeah i get sad when i see a lot of suffering but particularly mm. when that suffering can be avoided mm. you know because pain we can't really do too much about i mean there's morphine and painkillers but suffering is something that we can work with sometimes and so when there's unnecessary suffering it just it makes me sad about the state of the world and and our relationship with dying, because a lot of the suffering near the end of life, I think, is in direct relationship with our resistance to death. Yeah, mm. that, that wording you used about carrying it around like a backpack or a good friend, I've just never heard anybody talk about it that way. I feel like most people, like you said, are just trying to push it away, push it to the back of their minds and mm -hmm. focus on what you need to do. And like, just don't think about it. Just don't think about death. You can't do anything about it. So just don't think about it. Right. As opposed to, yeah, just keep it with you. Be aware of it. There's nothing you can do about it, but there's a sort of freedom in accepting that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, are there any like common misconceptions about the end of life kind of process, whether it's the legal process or the burial process or anything like that, that people should know more about? Um, it, like whether it's because I know there's like natural burials out there and there's cremation and there's this and. No, anything that you could shed a light on that, that more people should know. So many of them. Yeah. The whole thing is a big fat misconception because right. most of us don't know what dying itself looks like because mm. it's not happening at home anymore. It's just happening in hospitals. Right. So most of us have this image of it that is the opposite. Yeah. Like it, it can be very sad, but it can also be so profound, mm -hmm. you know, to be in the room when the light goes out is mm. a really humbling experience mm. so not just that it can also be beautiful yeah um definitely things about planning for the end of life are there all types of misconceptions everybody thinks that they should have a will first and foremost but yes get a will but also start to think about your practical things also right. like what about that t-shirt you wear all the time somebody's gonna care about that but the will won't care yeah. like oh. you know think about oh, the things yeah. that people in your life care about like i wear these bracelets every day right yeah. they have high sentimental values to the people in my life but they're not worth junk they are brass and copper and yeah. little 
bronze, like <laughs> expensive. Right, Yet yeah. these are the things that are going to cause my family a hard time yeah. because they're going to remind them of me. Yeah. yeah. But if I get a will, it's going to cover my bank account and my car and my house, you know? Yeah. N- not that wills yeah. don't also cover those sentimental things, but sometimes it's really useful to, to get like realistic about your life and the imprint that you're going to leave when you die so that you can help ease that oh my gosh i never thought about that i know so what like what somebody what would you do to prepare that you'd write it all down like my bracelets go to you know this person or would you like gift them up and have them somehow sent out after you were gone like how does that how does that work i've written down i i have completed my own end of life planning because yeah duck right yeah like yeah i must uh and in there it says that my bracelet should be distributed evenly amongst my sisters oh yeah and i try to think of the sentimental things but of course i don't know all the things that they're gonna want of mine Right. yeah oh yeah yeah but so you've it's like put in the time to think about it yeah and that's i mean my so my part of why i was asking about hospice is my mom died at home when i was a kid because she didn't want to die in a hospital so we mm-hmm. had hospice coming and um after she died like we did the thing where we were divvying up her stuff and like there was a shirt of hers that i had very specific memories of that i wanted that once it came up and we found it i mean i was like eight so my aunt who was really really close to my mom like my dad was kind of like i think your aunt wants that like that's really important to her which is so i i it never even even having that experience it never even occurred to me to go oh yeah you should like write down so and so gets my wrinkle in time in time inscribed copy that we read growing up like things like that like memories because yeah of course you're not going to put that in the practical stuff and i've in sort of rare moments of like frustration with my mom because she knew ahead of time we had like a few months notice because she had cancer i've i've had moments where i'm like why didn't you like write us letters or something like why didn't Mm. you like do because she was just so creative and she she loved to write and i've always thought it was strange that she didn't do that and i've always felt like okay when i get a moment to sit down and not panic about dying Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make sure i do that so the people I left have something right. that very clearly states like how I felt about them and can maybe offer like some closure because just, yeah, just knowing that you're going to go and having somebody like you there to go, Hey, you should really think about these things because the people you love are going to be thinking about them when you're not here anymore is like, that's an amazing yeah. service that you're providing people. Cause yeah, in those situations, you're just so consumed with never, pain. Yeah. You would, would never, never think about it. Yeah. yeah. Part of the benefit. Well, I think a big part of the benefit of working with a death doula is that we do have a more holistic view on dying. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can walk into somebody's house, see what it is that they care about mm-hmm. and make sure that that stuff is handled beforehand. Mm-hmm. And often when we're healthy, we say, Oh, I don't care. I'll be dead. Like, it doesn't matter what you do for my funeral. I'll be dead. But it's like, if right. you don't care, somebody's going to have to at some point, right. somebody right. that you probably care about a lot, who's already going to be really hurting over the fact that you're dead like do yeah. them a solid and just handle it now yeah, yeah. it's you yeah. caring about your loved ones yeah truly. even if you're gone yeah. yeah yeah so if we don't want to prepare for death for ourselves we can certainly do it for the people that we love yeah you know yeah wow so are you able i know that you don't share um you know some of the beliefs and stuff are you able to kind of tell us what your end of life 
plan would be for yourself or at least maybe like what's what are step by steps that people listening to this could maybe start besides of course calling you and hiring you yes is there stuff that they could be doing on their own right now to kind of prepare so start thinking about who you want to make your decisions for you in the event that you can't okay if you're incapacitated or you're in a hospital someplace and somebody has to decide what type of medical treatment you're going to receive also desires for life support that's really really important those Mm -hmm. are those two things together are called an advanced directive and you can find those online easily. Uh, But then beyond that, also start thinking of the kind of care you want to receive, at what point, you know, what condition of living is worse than dying to create Mm. some framework around what type of treatment you want to have. Um, Think about your funeral plans. What do you want done with your body, your Mm. possessions, your sentimental things? Do you have a storage unit someplace? Do you have a Mm. safe? Does anybody know how to open the safe except for you? Mm. Um, Let's see. Gather your important documents. Like your social security card and your birth certificate and make sure it's all in a place where somebody else knows where that stuff is. Mm -hmm. And something else I find very useful is what you mentioned earlier in writing down letters. There's just Mm -hmm. your ideas about life and death and Mm -hmm. your ideas like what have you enjoyed while living? Yeah. Yeah. What Mm. what can people use to remind them of you after your death? Those Mm -hmm. things I find really touching. Yes, yeah. that's something I would just write down on a piece of paper, just like an eight and a half by eleven, just notepad, and yeah. that would be that would be like a, a decent legal document if that was all that was found. Good enough. It okay. won't be legally binding. Okay. The only things that can be legally binding are your desires for life support and your healthcare decision making. Okay. When signed in the presence of two witnesses, who are over the age of eighteen, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> but all the rest are not legally binding. But they but can. Somebody will find it. Yeah, and, and hopefully yeah. they uh, will do their best to honor your wishes. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. They give a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right? Jesus. <laughs> there's a there's a great exercise in the artist's way when you're talking about like writing letters for people. There's a great exercise that um, has you write a letter to yourself from the point of view of like an 80 year old version of you, mm. and write a letter to yourself from the point of view of like um, like a six year old version of you, mm. and kind of like give yourself advice on where you're at. And that's anytime I've done that, I've done that probably two or three times over the last decade. And writing that letter, especially from like. 80 year old you to your current self really does put things in perspective like oh my god like why am I worrying so much about x y and z these like tiny little things that really are not important yeah it's kind of nice to like scroll out in that way and and not think about that so yeah Yeah. that's another trick that I work with people on is what I call the deathbed test very similar not quite 80 but put yourself on your deathbed when trying Mm -hmm. to make major decisions on your death like there's no more time left will this decision you're about to make will it matter at all Mm. we'd be glad you did it we'd be sad you didn't Mm -hmm. or it won't matter Right. And if it won't matter, then shoot, go to the movie or don't. Right. Yeah. Break up with him or stay with him. Like, who cares? Right. So laying in your deathbed going, I never saw a star is born. Uh, yeah. right? I should have gone to that Tuesday matinee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to care. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to care. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as like the the burial process and stuff you help with that as well like are you there like if somebody wants a natural burial or something are you helping like prepare the body and stuff like that or yeah whoa that's some of the sweetest parts and i don't do it very often but it's some of the sweetest parts like washing a body after a death 
Wow. Y'all, it is. It's so loving. It's really? Like, yeah, it's like the final act of love. Think about this for a yeah. second. Somebody who's probably in their mid-70s has been sick for a while and has been taken care of by the people that they love for a while at home. After they die, they've got nothing left to do mm. but for care for this person that they loved so much in life one last time. It is so sweet. Mm. Wow. I just, like, that's so... I. Like, I don't even know what to say right now, but that is, <laughs> you just made my brain blow out of my ears. Like, I can't even wrap my head around that. Right. I have so, such a fear of, like, cor- I've never seen a corpse. Like, mm. I have such a fear of all of that. So, like, the, yeah. Let me tell you this. So, right after a death, we look kind of like we do right now. Okay. Like, yeah. things don't really start to change for maybe six hours or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then things really start six to change. Six hours, that fast. Well, really yeah, but like yeah. subtle changes, right? Like we lose color and the mm-hmm. eyes get a little flat. But other than that, you, you, you stay warm for a while too. Mm-hmm. So when you're washing a body, it's not like a rigid, like, yeah. corpse. It's just still a body. Yeah. Um, a human body. Yeah. For, it's still movable and hair still and, you know, the, the reflexes aren't there, but it feels similar, like somebody who's deeply asleep. Yeah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, yeah. I sat with my mom after she died, but it was like in an hour, like probably within like an hour right mm-hmm. afterward. And it was really weird because, yeah, you were kind of like, oh, you might just be sleeping. But her eyes were kind of half open and her mouth was open. So Mm -hmm. I remember trying to, like, close those so it looked normal, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is, like, sorry, very morbid, you guys. Sorry. Trigger warning. Um, But, like, yeah, yeah, I remember thinking, like, oh, if if I could just get these to stay, it Mm -hmm. would just seem like she was still sleeping, which was Mm -hmm. so strange in that moment. So, But, I, you know, I wasn't there because I was a little kid, but I wasn't there when they actually, like, you know took her away or anything like that so i've never been in that moment but the way you're describing it is like that's so poetic and gorgeous like yeah. the way you just put it oh my gosh so can be. yeah I, I remember i was listening to a podcast i don't remember i can't remember who it was or who to credit but um talking about like uh people's misconceptions about the burial process how i don't know what the laws are and stuff like that but a lot of the time you don't actually need a lot of like the coffin and the this and the that mm. like people can just be buried in the ground in some places is that true or yeah that's called a green burial okay you have to do it in particular sites like okay. in california or in southern california we have joshua tree and i think also forest lawn has a mm. green burial site um but you can be put in the ground in a shroud yeah no more than three and a half four feet so that the bugs and everything can get to the body oh, and it wow. can decompose naturally mm. uh 
Um, so that's available. There, there are. Let's see. the The family has the right to control the remains. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. you can take care of your dead at home if you want to. You can have a home funeral. You can have a home wake. You can wash the body at home. You can lay the body out at home for mm-hmm. as long as you want. Whoa! But really? after what? a few days, yep. But after a few days, people start to disengage, and they're like, "Hold on a minute, this." is not my mom anymore yeah you know she's not just sleeping she's dead and at that point they get to the point where they can have the body removed and then whatever's gonna happen next i just rocked your socks didn't i just (laughs) did not know that this is all like blowing my mind yeah yeah i didn't know you could keep them for as long as you want i thought there was some sort of time like you look you got to let somebody in the government know <laughs> within yeah. well, two yeah. hours. Well, you have to report a death. You have to report the death. Okay. And the death has to be registered within eight days. But you can keep the okay. body at home Whoa, in California. Eight days is so long. Right? Plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, wow. you should probably also call the doctors and the medical personnel at some point. But you don't have to call a funeral home immediately. Yeah. Like, the best thing to do after somebody dies is nothing at all. Yeah. Just yeah. wait. Just wait. There's no rush. Nothing. Yeah. I mean... Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen for a while. So I think it's really important that people take their time after death to start to process the magnitude of what has just occurred and also get clear on what it is that they want to do next. Because from that moment, when the body leaves forward, it's just like a rush of stuff to do. There's just like so much stuff to do. Yeah. And people need a little bit of time to breathe. Yeah. So it's best to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy that we're just finding out about this type. Like, th- nobody talks about it. Like you said, nobody talks about it. And this is shit we need to know. Right? I mean, I had no idea. Like, yeah, I, you just assume, like, oh, there's got to be some laws and stuff yeah. about this. And because things are always, like, boom, boom, boom after a death. But um, are you finding that more people are caring for, um, you know, the body more on their own at home now? Have you seen, like, a spike in that? Or is it more, it's still, like, a lot of kind of traditional burial or whatever? Yeah, it's still a lot of traditional but the tide is turning yeah you know people are looking for other ways to do it people are um gaining greater relationships with dying yeah people are are wanting a new way of doing stuff and realistically the baby boomer generation the biggest generation in all history is getting much older and they traditionally have changed every single industry that they've ever been a part of like they've done it their way Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that means reclaiming like they start to have babies at home you know, they right. breastfeeding, they homeschooling, like they started all these things that we see now, which is them doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to do the same thing with their deaths as well. Mm-hmm. They're all turning 65, 10,000 of them a day. And yeah. so in the next 15 years or so, we're going to be dying a little different. We've always known the old way, which is how their parents died. Yeah. yeah. And they're seeing that that doesn't really work. Whoa. And they're looking for other ways to do it. So it's going to shift. Yeah. And hopefully a little later oh. with the emergence of kale, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 110? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. yeah. B12, yeah. Holy um, shit. I'm like still stuck on like the bathing. How common is bathing um, somebody after they pass away? Because I didn't even know that. Like doing it yourself, you mean? Or like the family doing it? Yeah. I did, like I've never heard of this at all. It also exists in some faith traditions. Like the Jewish and Muslim. Oh, okay. It's in, I mean, written part of the doctrine about yeah, yeah. washing, bathing a body. How common is it? Uh, it'd be hard to give you the number or okay. figure, but it's happening. Oh, yeah. I just had never, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's happening. Is there, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's just preference as far as what to do afterward. But mm. is there anything that is widely considered like the most I don't know, responsible or even like environmentally friendly thing to do after somebody dies? Like, is cremating the best? Is mm. you know putting someone in a coffin the best? Is the natural burial like you're saying the best? Like, what would you what would you say based on? There's a number of good ones, better yeah. ones. But some of the worst ones are burial and cremation. Really? Yeah. Sadly, I mean, cremation releases so much CO2 into the air. Like, so much. I wish I knew the figure, but it's outrageous. Really? Yeah. Nobody's talking about this. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people bring that up as like, maybe it's because it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quicker and they think their body isn't taking up space in the land anymore. But to burn it, like to burn a body... You know, you yeah. need a lot of force. Oh. And so it's a, it releases a lot of CO2. And then burial also, like not only are we taking up a lot of land, we're using a lot of steel and wood and lacquer and whatever to get the bodies into the coffins, into the ground. And in the ground, there's concrete slabs on each side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys know this. So when you open up the ground, you don't just put the coffin directly into the dirt. There's four concrete slabs on both sides. So the coffin goes into the concrete slabs and then they put another one on top and then they put the dirt on top of that so can they not even be decayed by bingo oh people aren't decaying naturally either because they're so insulated from the natural process and it's so far down it's so cold that the bugs don't get to do what they need to do either so what's happening are they just becoming skeletons or just it's worse it's just yeah i can dig one up and yeah i think they become like and it's just like rotting? Yeah. Oh, like oh icky. Whoa. Like really icky. So cremation, you know, coffin, traditional burial, I guess, the green burial. Are there other ones that people aren't aware of? Aquamation is a new one. It's legal in what? about 16 states. What, what is this? It's water. basically, yeah, water cremation. Where the body is placed in a vat of alkaline solution and all the muscles, tissue, and fat dissolve. And what's left are the bones that are softened and then they're ground up and given back to the family, kind of oh. like you would remains for like cremation. Wow. Whoa. Why is it yeah. only legal in 16 states is it sort of controversial i think it's kind of controversial i think people are just trying to get used to the idea and there's a lot of uh, i don't think it's too expensive Mm -hmm. part of the challenge that it's having is people think that the water that remains is biohazard but it's not because it's totally alkaline Mm. you know but um i think that's a concern that people have um, there's also a woman named Katrina Spade that's working on a project called Recompose. I think that's the name of the company. Or Recomposition. She's going to kill me. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Uh, and then maybe she'll recompose my body. Yeah. <laughs> you can hire yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she does, essentially, it's like urban cremation or repurposing bodies. So... Um, yeah, turning bodies back into oh soil. Oh my God, over mom's time. a lamp. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh. How do you, like more so like a tree? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is really cool. Holy crap! I cannot believe more people are not talking about this. Right? This blows my freaking mind. I can't believe how not anxious I feel. I really yeah. I was like nervous coming into this, going like, "Oh, this is gonna right. make me just drive so slow." Right. Well, like you said, it's almost like we're all afraid of the unknown. But as 
even if you just know a little bit more about the process, about mm-hmm. what you can do or the more burial options, I feel like it just kind of eases the tension a little bit. At least you can have some kind of an idea or game plan for while you're still here. Yeah. You might not know what happens after, but... I just like I would have just never thought about this or like never probably d- did anything and just like yeah. oh I guess they'll have to figure it out and like that's yeah. a shitty thing to do but because it's like it's so scary to just kind of sit down and plan it but you make it not scary. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. find thank you but yeah. I also find that you know most of the time people think that they're really really scared of one thing and then we sit and we start talking about it and it's not like a big scary hard conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh these are just things I didn't consider. It's not like ah I can't think about my death but it's like well what about my password shoot who knows yeah. my password right, right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what wasn't legally binding just write something down and leave it in an envelope somewhere like I, I, I mean what's like the easiest way to write a will and have it be illegally binding hmm. like can you like write something down and mail it to yourself or something and just that's a good question is that good enough <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how I can do this without sitting down with some sort of lawyer right and, or notary you know the thing is Okay, big picture. There are rules already in place about who inherits who if you don't have a will. It's Mm. called intestacy. So the court will say very clearly who's going to get your stuff if you don't ever say. And so if you create a will that isn't legally binding, your stuff isn't just going to revert to the state or something. It will go to your family members, and it's based on blood and marriage relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're married, your spouse will inherit you first, and then if you're not, you're parents and then your children or your children and then your parents and then your siblings oh, before okay. your great, your grandchildren mm. um and so there's already a system in place but if you want to if you're gonna even tread in the will territory just do it right yeah you can yeah. do one on the internet they're cheaper um but you could get you could create unintended consequences by not doing it the right way mm. you know what i mean like well, like mm. what do you mean um, like you end up gifting something to somebody that ends up costing them a whole bunch of money to inherit rather than having done it another way that would have been free for them. Or something oh, like, like what? What's an example of that? Oh, gosh. Uh, like you can't just like give someone your car? No, they'd have to pay taxes on it. Okay. Yeah. It. Stuff like okay. that. Gotcha. I mean, whereas if you, you could create a trust, for example... A living trust that is a different type of document that doesn't transfer all your assets upon death but transfers them while you're living or transfers them into the name of the trust so that you can still manage what's happening to them but mm-hmm. you don't just give it to somebody when you die yeah. if you have questions about like how to create any of these documents just see a lawyer there's some yeah. not too expensive ones still very good ones mm-hmm. um yeah because wow. is that part of your making an end of life plan? Is getting a will in place? Or? I don't do wills. You don't do wills. No, I find them so boring. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Love y'all. I quit the yeah. practice of library. Remember that? We started there. I, started I know. There. I was curious though because of your background. Uh, if you're like, oh no, no I still she just does all the fun oh, stuff to give yeah. them the baths yeah. and things. No, yeah. that's and there are plenty yeah. of state lawyers out there that love it and are really, really good at it. And so what I do mostly is talk to people about what their things are and their ideas about who's going to get it and say, you should probably find a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But you do help mm-hmm. kind of get that conversation going so they know what they want to put in the will that yeah. they can do with someone else. Okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Right. Go to somebody else. Um, <laughs> so, like, can, can somebody like me hire you right now to, like, help with 
hopefully very far down the line you yeah. know that i'll live to a good old age and everything you know yeah but uh, does somebody <laughs> have to be dying or terminally terminally ill to hire you no. or you can it can be like anything just like hey i'm thinking about it what do i do yeah, yeah. i work with a lot of healthy people <laughs> okay to create yeah. an end-of-life plan I mean, because realistically, this document also helps with life. Like, I reference mine constantly to try to remember what my passwords are because I don't have <laughs> LastPass or any of those. So like, funny. legit. Pulling you know? out a folder that just has, like, a skull on it. Just like, <laughs> what? How do I get into Facebook? <laughs> just like that. Oh, my just God. Like that. It's actually much cuter than that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's just a document yeah. that has, you know, all the things that we talked about previously. Right. Like, Did you make it cute? It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's got uh, forget stickers? me nots on it. Oh, and, oh I love well, it's that. a document that I made that I yeah. use in my consultation. So it's got forget me nots. It's got my symbol in purple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. It's, it's Can you find that on your website? I'm telling you. Yeah. Can you find that on your website or anything? No, I don't sell that on its own because yeah. it's really useful in conjunction. Because then right. I can ask you the questions to make sure that we've got the things that we need to get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. But I work That's with a so lot of healthy cool. people. I find that a lot of people in their like 30s and 40s are like, yo, what now? Yeah. Our parents are getting older. We're seeing them. We've seen some of them die. We've seen like how the system goes. And we're like, that doesn't work for me. Or I want to protect people in the event of this. Or I just had kids and I'm trying to figure out how to make sure yeah. that everything's safe for them. Or I want to make sure that my spouse is the one who can make all my decisions for me and that he's fully aware of what my desires are for after I die. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, I have a question. If people don't believe in marriage, and they, but they have some, you know, very long, a long relationship of life partner. Is there, I mean, I'm assuming in a will, could you give that person like all of the, the rights that like a spouse would have naturally if they died? Could you just be like, this person should be considered my spouse, even though we didn't technically mm. get the piece of paper or whatever? Mm. The best way to do that would be a medical power of attorney, mm. somebody who can make your decisions for you in, in the event that you can't mm -hmm. when you're incapacitated. Um, and that would confer that person the right to do all those things anyway. Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to everything else, it's so tricky. Yeah. It's so tricky because you can select somebody to run your funeral and uh, the person who's in charge of disposing of your body after your death. But that's not always honored. Mm. And it's a great area about whether or not it's actually legal in some places. Mm. And so th I find this a lot like in the trans community, mm. somebody has a gender identity, mm -hmm. yet their family wants them buried in the one that they were born in. And oh. their partner is just like, what now? Like yeah. massive yeah. conflict. And so it's important to address these things beforehand and like get really yeah. clear about what you want. Yeah, that's yeah. so tough. Right? Oh, yeah, because I feel like that's the biggest argument for even still, like, because a lot of people are just like, yeah, what's the point of even getting married now? And, like, the one thing everybody goes back to, like, I have friends who have been like, I don't really want to get married. And then, like, something happens to their partner where they have to go to the hospital or something. And they're like, well, yeah, we're just going to do it. We're just going to get yeah. married so that there's hmm. not an issue if something horrible happens. You yeah, know? it helps. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like to think it helps other things, too, but it's certainly... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. um how do you feel about stuff like 
I'm sure a lot of people, you've seen them just left with a ton of shit that they have to figure out donating and, you know, weeding through. And there's something called, what, Swedish death cleansing? That, like, right? Like, you're trying to get rid of things, you know, so people aren't left with it. Do you yourself keep that in mind? Like, as you're going through life, like, are you a minimalist? Uh, I'm saying this as a minimalist, but I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, how do you feel about that whole part of it? Should people be thinking about that a lot sooner? Or do you want to be buried in a pyramid with all of your worldly yeah. Drape me in my jewels. I have a lot of jewelry, yeah, and I have a lot of clothes, and I have a lot of shoes. Yeah. I also have a lot of books. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But the thing is, it's going to be fun after I die because they can just go through them and go wild. Right. right. Yeah. I also want to decorate my funeral with my jewelry. I want it to be hanging up, and I want people Whoa. to put it on, and then they can oh, take what they I want home. That. that is so right? cool. Not that's bad. Right? You're like an estate idea. funeral. Exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, Come get the goods. Idea. <laughs> get the goods. That's amazing. Yeah, I love Fun, that. Right? Wow, yeah. Yeah. So do you do you ever advise anybody to like, hey, when you're starting to when you're pushing a certain age, maybe start dwindling down on your possessions or no, it can be taken care of no no problem afterward. Both. Yeah. Right? Like life is short, buy the shoes and right. somebody's gonna have to deal with this after you die. Yeah, and yeah. so I often when I'm buying something, I'm like, ooh, at some point this has got to go. Yeah, Either yeah. I'm going to donate it or I'm going to, somebody's yeah. going to have to deal with that after I die. So how important is this really? Like, I just mm. went to Target. Uh, Target's <laughs> a trap. It's a <laughs> trap. I would Dude, actually like to be buried in Target. Uh, <laughs> in the sign? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just open that little middle circle and just pop you right in there. Perfect. <laughs> you oh, up. man. Yeah. I'm yeah. realizing, talking about this, that I actually think about death so often but not necessarily my own but i think about my mom's Mm. um who is alive but my two of my best friends both lost their moms to cancer about four years ago four or five years ago and then taylor and i became close friends about two years ago and i'm like i've watched these people in my life lose their mom and i'm very very close with mine and seeing that made me it's almost put this like intense daily pressure on my relationship with my mom because I'm trying Mm. to be so grateful with her like every day and Mm. it's almost um put like an unbearable amount of like pressure and perfectionism on my relationship with her because if if she and I like disagree about something and get into like a little argument afterward I feel so horrible because I almost feel like there's no room for me to have Mm. like a bad day with her which in a way almost makes like more bad days Mm -hmm. because like of course how are you you can't live like that you can't be like our relationship has to be perfect because I'm so aware that like I'm gonna lose you at some point and I I don't know how to stop doing that it's probably something I need to talk about in therapy but like talking about this here today it's really like wow I'm I do this so much thinking about it it's really hard yeah yeah Yeah. one thing that I find um, that can be useful or that people are doing near the end of life is we do think a lot about our relationships right but it's less about how perfect they were but like how hard we loved yeah did did i love hard did i like give this my best go not was i always right for her did i never rock the boat but how much grace did i apply to my humanness yeah how much grace was there in the relationship Mm -hmm. right yeah because then i can feel okay about the choices that i made that might make our relationship difficult at times if I was authentic in my decision making and in my communication and whatever else rather than just being like it's fine it's good I love you you might die tomorrow 
Yeah, I feel like I'm just like beating myself up almost on a daily basis. She just moved down um, a couple months ago from Washington State to live like 10 minutes away from me. So I'm interacting with her much more often than I was. And it's like it's giving more opportunities for Mm -hmm. like that pressure to be there. And if it if it doesn't go like great in a conversation, I just am like beating myself up for hours afterward, like why did I like snap at her? Like she's, you know, she's going through a hard time. I just need to be totally understanding and not get frustrated. And like, I feel so bad, mm-hmm. but it's like a pattern that keeps happening. And I don't know. Grace yeah. girl. Grace. Yeah. A lot of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Permission to be super fucking human. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of permission to be human. Like that's <sighs> one of the things that I try to remind myself of all the time. And it's hard not to when, you know, you're seeing bodies decay and yeah. decline. You're like, yo, we are human. Like this is it's so fragile. This body of mine. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm actually very, very human, which means messy all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's been yeah. tough for me because I also really like to do things right. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Ain't that a bitch. Yeah. Fucking yeah. up constantly. Yeah. All the left and right. Yeah. That's what our show's about. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how have we fucked up this yeah. week? There we go. Yeah. Here's a laundry list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, think, do you yeah. feel like you have your priorities super in order because you're always thinking about this stuff? No. <laughs> that's what I'm get- I mean, that's the sense I'm getting from you. You no. seem very together and centered and like... No. Uh, no. I cried because I thought my elbows were fat like two days <laughs> I swear. Look at this one. It's chunky. <laughs> that's how centered and together to you. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> that's the clip of the week oh, oh man yeah that was amazing shit. yeah uh what is what is like you said is uh is serving people is that like your main priority that you keep coming back to when you when you think of like okay i you know i'm gonna die one day what's up first what's yeah. like the first thing your job the first thing is everybody's gonna die and we need to talk about it yeah mm. yeah that's my thing yeah it's my everything like you're calling how yeah. how can i support people in getting closer relationship with their dying yeah that's it all day every day yeah just constantly running back there do you feel like people who are dying really i would imagine they really appreciate having somebody speak to them so frankly about what's going on because i i i don't i can't imagine that the people around somebody who that's happening to always know what to say or how to handle it i think it says something to that effect on your website which i looked at before we came in here and I, I I can't imagine I mean I can only imagine how how grateful somebody who is in a terminally ill situation feels having somebody like you come in and go like this is totally normal and we're just going to talk about what needs to happen now because yeah. this is this is happening as opposed to maybe family members of theirs where they're like you're going to beat this we're just not mm, like we're just not going to accept this exactly yeah. It makes a big difference because more often than not, the dying person knows that they're dying. Yeah. Yet it's trying to like keep fighting for everybody else. Oh. But they know what's oh. going down. Maybe the doctors haven't said, but they know what's happening. Really? And sometimes it's useful just have somebody be like, hey, so do you want to talk about what's going on? Yeah. Or how do you feel about your treatment? Or what about your surgery that's coming up in two weeks? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They probably, yeah, feel so like seen by you. When everybody yeah. else is trying to avoid it or not, you know, yeah. deal with it. We pussyfoot around death so much. Yeah. yeah. It's all the time. And it doesn't help. 
yeah. I don't think. It, it doesn't help. You know, once I was with the family and it was a the sister or somebody that called me, she said, okay, but we just, we can't tell him, her brother, we cannot tell him that you're a death doula. So we have to come up with something else to call you. And so we decided I was going to be like a special illness specialist or something like that. Yeah. Difficult. I can't even remember with some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So then I go in, you know, I talk to the guy. At some point he asked her if everybody can leave so we can have a real conversation. He said, listen, I think I'm dying, but just don't tell them. And I was oh. like, whoa. What now? Wow. What now? Oh, what now? Yeah. Whoa. Yes. So don't tell on both sides of the spectrum yeah. there. So on what did you do? What do you do in that situation? I mean, do you just go back to them and be like, he says he feels great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you? He says more lotion. Yeah. Um, I just encouraged him to speak frankly with them. Yeah. There's space for reconciliation and healing. Although healing is a funny word when talking about the death context, but like emotionally, right? There's a lot of space for healing as long as we're open and frank and honest. Yeah. Yeah. And then that got everybody on the same page so they could figure out what to do next and like how to how to carry out the rest of his life. Yeah. Wow. This has been so amazing. Yeah. Truly a wonderful guest. Thank you so much oh, for coming and oh doing this. Gosh, my yeah. favorite episodes ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah seriously. seriously yeah. Incredible. Um, is there anything else that you want people to know who might be listening? Anything about life or death or just anything? And where can they find you? Yes. Right. Obviously. Yes. One thing that I'm finding a lot lately is people are wanting to learn how to do this themselves. Mm-hmm. Not only because they want to do professionally, but also because they recognize that people in their lives are going to die and be useful to have some knowledge about how to do it even though we all have the knowledge anyway just learn some skills and figure out how to like contact social security but i do have a training program right now oh so people are curious yeah get in touch and i'll get you an application then you can sign up okay so where can where can you get in touch with your site and everything my website www.goingwithgrace.com um also on instagram by the same name but you have to add underscores otherwise it's like a yellow lab someplace (laughs) of course going with grace like this is grace (laughs) he can fetch (laughs) can you also tell us what is like your favorite book about death because you said at one point you were just like so like hungry for knowledge Mm. and you just read a bunch of books and i wonder we talk a lot about we do like book reviews on here um a lot of the time and i just wondered if there is a book that you really recommended for people to kind of like jump into if they wanted to learn more Mm. one of them is pretty dense but it's called die wise die wise by stephen jenkinson it's dense but it is he just blows my mind left and right like that guy has a way with words and a way about thinking about human that is incredible whoa love that one cool i also really love it's okay to die by Mm. monica williams murphy she's an er doctor and so she sees that side of death yeah Um, and that's fascinating read I also really like A Year of Magical Thinking. Oh. I think it's Joan, Joan Didion. Didion? Yeah. yeah. About grief. I haven't read that yet. But it's I really good. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Awesome. Those are my three biggies. Awesome. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, this is much. very obviously your calling. So thank you for yeah, being here and sharing with this. And I, I feel like it probably gives you such a tremendous amount of purpose doing yeah. this for a career. So you're like an angel. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You're with a bit on my elbow. <laughs> I know. Well, an angel oh. with weird self-esteem yeah. stuff. 
That's yeah. all. <laughs> a real angel. Uh, oh, yeah. I have a question. Um, have you ever gotten really close with somebody during this process and then they die and then it's really tar- tough all the for time. you? Oh, um, every single time. Uh, Even if it's just a few weeks or yeah. a few hours of a conversation. Because all of a sudden I'm like digging into their life. You know? Uh, right. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, they're going to die. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. So, like, grieving is a part of your job a lot. Majorly. Yeah. 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 Shit. Oh, my God. You are an angel. Oh, my yeah, God. You're incredible. <laughs> I just feel my emotions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Thank you so much. We'll send all our, our listeners your way and we'll tag you and everything so they can find you really Great. easily. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You thank you, guys. Bye. Love you. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, we love you guys so much. Uh, to continue to support Self Helpless Podcast, go to selfhelplesspodcast.com for anything and everything you could want. We have our links to Patreon, merch, our individual websites, our Facebook group, Amazon link, full episodes, also our contact for a P.O. box and email. And you can follow Self Helpless Podcast on Instagram as well as us individually. I am at T Tom Comedy or Taylor Tomlinson, depending on if you're on Instagram or Twitter, ttomcomedy.com. <laughs> and I'm at Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram, at Kelsey Cook on Twitter, and KelseyCook.com for tour dates. And I'm at, at Delaney Fisher on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and at Dicks by Delaney for some good old fashioned dick stuff uh, on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And you can also follow Self Helpless on Facebook. Great. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. We we love love you. you.